everyone before I sign a song. Um, I said to Chris, stop crying. <laughs> and um, just so touch me. Um, first of all, thank you so much for um, this church took us on, I believe, in 1999. So it's been 20 years. And uh, we were here last 2012 or 2013. It's good to see you, Diane. I'm so happy for you. We've known each other since 88, uh, before the kids were born. But it's good to see uh, Keith and Renee. Where are they? Right there. That was your music, remember? You played that in 99. But uh, I'm just so glad to be here. Thank you so much for um, faithfully supporting us and for praying for us. And um, the song really touched my heart that God is great. And uh, it's our absolute surrender, that the reason why we're here. And um, so I was elbowing Chris. I said, stop. I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> because he is great. He is um, almighty. You, it was going through my mind uh, about uh, the song... It is Well With My Soul by Horatio Spafford, a lawyer from Chicago who lost everything. Everything. Uh, his wife, his only son, and four daughters. Well, he didn't lose his wife. His wife survived because she telegrammed him and said, save alone. So he went and uh, met his wife, I believe, in, in England. But um, I heard a preacher preach about... Uh, comparing his life to the life of Job. Um, we go through things even if we're righteous. That's why it says to determine why the righteous suffer, to bring Job to himself, sometimes to teach us patience. But the theme of the book is still repentance because Job said, uh, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. But I just want to give a report of what the Lord has done. Uh, my name is Carol Woodley. I was uh, born and raised in the Philippines. I met Chris 35 years ago. We've been married almost 34 years. Um, he was in the military. I was in college. I came home. Uh, a serviceman stationed in Osan Air Force Base, Itaewon, Korea, handed me God's simple plan of salvation. I read the track. I read the Romans Road, the prayer on the back of the track, and I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior the 23rd of October, 1983. And on the back of the track was a address of a Baptist church started by an American yeah. missionary. And... Oh, I told him to calm down. <laughs> but um, anyways, um, so we got married in 1984, and, uh, and then he did not stay in the service. I was, I was telling Sandra, <laughs> 14 and a half years in the military, where's my retirement? <laughs> he said he'll be in heaven. But uh, 
So, but God called us to the Philippines. Um, now, pastor's wife, missionary's wife, and ordinary wives, we know that our, our position demands passion. You know, we really don't have any job description, right, Diane, Sandra? But uh, yet we walk into a role with amazing expectations and sometimes overwhelming responsibilities. But the Lord is there to help us. And uh, I know that, for a fact, ministry uh, is very difficult. It can sometimes be demanding. Sometimes you have all these things to do with very little help. And then sometimes it's disappointing and discouraging, but that at the end, it's always delightful because it's rewarding. And uh, I praise the Lord for uh, giving us the ministry, our deaf children. We have been in operation since 2005. We graduated 15 deaf already, and they're working. Can you believe they're working? They work in hotels. You know, they change the sheets and all that. They're welders and they're faithful in church. Uh, we have three preacher boys and they're deaf. You just have to do the reverse interpreting. We have to voice it. <laughs> but when Chris preaches, we do the interpreting. But um, it's, uh, it's a blessing because our church supports eight missionary, a little church. So it's fruit added to your account. We have one in China, a couple in Mexico to the deaf, we have one in Argentina, one between the border of Burma and Thailand, and we have three nationals. So it's a blessing. Uh, the fruits that you bless us with, we just, um, we bless others. And then when we get to heaven, we get the rewards, right? Thank you so much. Uh, uh, the late uh, President Reagan made a remarkable statement. He said, it's amazing what we can accomplish if we do not care who gets the credit. To God be the glory.
Thank you. And uh, I was so, uh, so uh, tickled by uh, the music. I was just, we have a church here. <laughs> oh, my. I was worshiping God. Boy, that song, uh, that was such a, uh, Renee and, and Keith, that was, um, you know, it brought back memories to my heart because I thought I'm humbled. The fact that great God is so great to save a, a young man from Chicago, Illinois, growing up and family of 12 out of the projects and how God is, uh, he delivered me, knocked on my door in the Air Force and, and told me about Jesus. And you know what? I never got over it. I never got over it. Don't get over it. Don't get over it. Amen. He's so great. He's so good. And uh, my wife and I was just so grateful and honored to be here. Pastor Chippewa and Sandra, thank you. And uh, we're so grateful to be able to uh, present what God is doing through us. It's about him. It ain't about me. It's not about Chris Woodley. And, uh, and I'm so uh, humbled at that. And that's why I was worshiping with you folks, amen, this morning. And uh, 
I saw God uh, speaking to my heart and speaking through me. Well, take your Bibles and um, and I want to get a chance to uh, share and break the bread of life with you folks. Amen. And and uh, so um, Acts chapter number eleven. Acts 11, my text is Acts 11, verse 5 through 14, but I might, uh, uh, we'll look at just uh, 5 and 6, but if you hold it right there and just look up at me and, uh, and then we'll get back to that. Years ago, during the Great Depression, a farmer field produced a bumper crop. He and his son moved their combine, and we see fields here, into the field and began to gather up the grain. Suddenly, the combine broke down, and the farmer discovered he needed a part. He rushed to the store only to learn that the part was unavailable. He searched the neighboring towns without success. In desperation, the family tried to harvest the field by hand. Can you imagine harvesting a field by your bare hands? After days of backbreaking work, they had not made a dent. With a broken heart, he said, I'm afraid we're going to lose this harvest. The farmer's dilemma speaks of a lack of power over the situation. We're facing the same situation in our churches today in America. Alex de Tocqueville, a Frenchman who came to America in 1831 to study prison reform. This is what he observed. I sought for America and the genius of America in its commodious harbor, in its amper rivers, and it was not there. In its fertile fields and boundless forests, and it was not there. In its rich name and its vast world trade, and it was not there. In the Democratic Con Congress and the Matchless Constitution, and it was not there. Not until I went to the churches of America and heard the pulpits aflame with righteousness did I discover the secret of the genius and power. America is great because it's good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. God is seeking individuals today. Population, 7.7 billion people today. There's a population, 3 billion between West Africa and East Asia. 97% is in the 1040 window. There's uh, so many people. Why did Jesus go to the cross? Why did Jesus go to the cross? He went to the cross 
to finish a plan. John 3.16. We all know that verse. He went to the cross to furnish a payment. John 6.23. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He went to the cross to free us from hell. And to make eternity that much better. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this wonderful day. And Lord Jesus, help us now this morning as we uh, break the bread of life. Speak through me to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Look what it says here in Acts chapter 11. I was in the city of Joppa praying. And in a trance, I saw a vision. A certain vessel descending as it had been a great sheet let down from heaven by the four corners, and it came even to me. Upon the which, when I had fastened my eyes, I considered and saw four-foot beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. How do we see a clearer picture of worldwide missions? How do we see a clear picture of a worldwide mission? We see here that in Acts chapter 8, the three sons of Ham, we see Ham, we see the Ethiopian eunuch, God speaking through his heart, he got saved, amen? And then we see Acts chapter 9, Shem, the apostle Paul, which is, was Saul at that particular time. And then Acts chapter 10, we see Japheth, and then he got saved. I want to talk to you about how to see a clear picture of worldwide missions. Peter saw several things in uh, Acts chapter 11. Before we can reach the four corners of the world, we need to see before we can feel. My eyes have affected my heart. Just today, as we looked up, as we were singing, the words about Jesus, didn't it affect your heart? It affected my heart. It affected my eyes. Proverbs 29, 18a says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Once we feel, we can see the need. Matthew 9, 36a says, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. Movement causes friction, and friction causes pressure. And with this pressure, there is progress. But you know what? There's always going to be resistance. Have you ever worked out with weights? There's always going to be resistance. And with this resistance, they'll be and make you stronger. Jude 22, the Bible says, and some have compassion, making the difference. Peter experienced several things in Joppa. Number one, look at the back, verse, verse five. He prayed. He prayed. He prayed. Prayer is something that we want to do in our lives as Christians. Push. 
pray until something happens. The affection for repair of a righteous man availed much. What is it talking about, Brother Woodley? I'm talking about prayer. God wants us to pray. Call upon me and I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things where thou knowest not. My favorite verse in the Bible is John 14, 14. If you ask anything in Jesus' name, I will do it. Amen. That name is above every name. That name is magnificent. He prayed. He perceived. Look at verse 5 again. He became aware of his circumstances. The Lord was speaking to him. And Peter said, no, not me. I've never touched this. But Peter was, was uh, overwhelmed what God was showing to him. What do you mean, Brother Woodley? Um, unclean occupation, a tanner, working with dead animals. And Peter said, no. In Acts chapter 9, verse 43. In Acts chapter 10, verse 5 and 10. Unclean occupation. And all the sheep came down. He said, no, no. But the Lord said, everything give thanks. And everything give thanks. He perceived what the Lord was telling him. Proverbs 16, 21a says, The wise in heart shall be called prudent. Peter was, was overwhelmed of what God was showing to him. Proverbs 13, 1, verse A, it says, The wise and son hear his father's instructions. Do you hear what God is speaking to, speaking through you, through the word of God? Number three, he pondered. Look at verse six again. Upon the which when I had fastened my eyes, I considered. I considered what God was doing. I pondered. You ever thought and, and regurgitated the word in your heart over and over again? You know, a cow has seven stomachs. They chew it. They come back up, chew it, come back up. He pondered. Esther 8.6 says, how can I endure to see the evil that should come upon my people. And how can I see the destruction of my kindred? You know, when I think about the death and what God is doing, the Bible says, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers. The labors are few. The labors are fewer in the deaf world. So God raised us up. To work with the deaf. You know, they cannot see, but they can feel. They can feel, and they can see. They're not blind. They can see. God, it says, reach these people. Knock on the doors and get them to come. Look what it says here in Jeremiah 13.7. Jeremiah 13.7. Then when I, I went up to Euphrates and digged 
and took a girdle from the place where I had hid it, and behold, the girdle was marred. It was was profitable for nothing. You ever see, you ever, God has told you something, something odd to do? He told you something just to go up and look and get this thing? God tells you odd things, but are you willing to follow it? I was willing. I've been willing so many years. In 1988, I surrendered to to go to Bible college after 10 and a half years in the military. In 1998, God says, go to Bible college. Now I want you to go to missions in 1988. Wow, okay. I pondered it. But you know what? I eventually obeyed. Have you pondered about something and then obeyed? I have. Fourthly, he pursued. Look at verse 12, back in Acts. And the Spirit bade me go with them. No, no, Lord, no. And the Spirit bade me go. Oh, yeah. Once again, obedience is so important. Obedience is so important. He pursued. Psalms 42, verse 1 and 2 says, As a heart panted after the water brook, so panted my soul after thee. So panted my soul. As a deer panted after the water brook. Look at Psalms 63, verses 1, 2, and 3. My soul, my soul thirsted for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before him? My flesh longing for thee in a dry and thirsty land. We're talking about pursuing. Are you pursuing God? Paul says that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Pursue the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. So basically he prayed, he perceived, he pondered, he pursued. Number five, he proclaimed. I like this. Look at verses uh, 15 through 18. As I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Boy, I tell you what. We were singing, right? And God just blessed the congregation this morning. The Holy Ghost. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. If you know one, you know them all. Amen. The Trinity, the Holy Ghost fell upon him. Oh, my. Nothing doubting, Peter. Moreover, these six brethren accomplished me, and we entered into the man's house, and he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send them, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, 
who shall tell these words, whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. What should I do? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Amen? Believe on the Lord. He proclaimed. He proclaimed. Malachi 1.11 says, for, for from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place, incense shall be offered unto my name. And pure offering in my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. Look at one last verse. Isaiah 58, 1. When you go out today, when you go out for lunch, and you go out uh, and, and have uh, break the bread of life, the Bible says in Isaiah 58, verse 1. Cry out loud, spare not. Lift thy voice like a what? Trumpet. Oh, we're not gonna, you're not going to just say, hey, get saved. But you know what? Give a track. Give a track. We were walking down the street. We first got to the Philippines. You know the story. A family of five. They saw me. Hey, Mr. American, can you help me? I'm hungry. You know what I said to him? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I give unto thee. And he said, come in. And they all got saved. Amen, family of five. But you know what? The magical part about that. God is great. We went back to follow up. And his brother was there, bare-chested, smoking a cigarette. Can I share something with you? Lift up your voice like a trumpet, amen? He got saved also. These men are in, one is in the ministry. We support them out of our church. And the other one's in Bible college right now. Proclaim, amen. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Sometimes we toil the night with little to show for it. We got a lot to show for it right here, amen. A lot to show for it. But in Jesus, at the end of our efforts, Jesus will bless and fill our nets. William Carey labored seven years in India before baptizing his first soul. Adonine Judson worked seven years in Burma before seeing the first convert. Robert Morrison, the founder of a Protestant mission in China, labored seven years before his first convert. Mr. and Mrs. Henry Knott, Toiled 22 years in Tahiti before they baptized their first convent, May 16, 1819. You know what? We are doing more good than we know if only we see the full results when we get to heaven. God gives the increase.
These people had visions, folks. And my final thought for today is this. Helen Keller, who was born blind and deaf, made a remarkable statement. I guess through sign language. She said, the, the greatest tragedy to befall a person is to be born with sight and lack vision. Do we have a vision today? I, I believe Brother Pastor John Chippewa had, had a vision of this church. And you know what? We kept praying and kept praying and asking God to do something. And you know what? I was touched when I came in here seeing all these people, man. You know, you've made my life. My prayer's been answered. I am so thankful. Let's all stand out of respect to God's word. And uh, let's, uh, let's uh, give God the glory, Pastor. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful, wonderful day this morning. Now, Father, may you help us now in the invitation and fill this place, Lord God, with your glory, which you have. Now, Father, may you glorified in the midst of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Chippewa. Thank you, brother. Amen. You're standing there. I'm going to ask that you would uh, respond to what God is doing today. We're going to have a song of invitation this morning. And uh, as we have had the last little while now, we'll have some people down front here in the front row that would love to pray with you. Um, if you feel led to respond to what God is moving in your life, I'm going to ask you to do that today. Uh, maybe you need to know Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. And you want someone to show you in the Word of God uh, how you can know that today. Uh, maybe you need to be baptized following your salvation in Christ. You've never been baptized. You need to make that decision today. Uh, maybe you want to surrender to full-time ministry. Uh, the harvest truly is plenteous. Uh, God is doing his job, and he is asking us as his church, uh, will you go? And I know you're, you're probably thinking, uh, who, who am I? I can't go to a foreign field. I can't learn another language. I can't, I can't do all those things. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too... God is the great I am. And if he has called you, he will equip you. And so if you feel God calling you into full-time ministry, whether it be pastoral ministry, whether it be missions work, there is a need today. There's a need for people that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ that need to know him. And so all I'm asking is not come to, to impress me or come to impress someone else, but, but if God isn't calling you to ministry, to missions, would you say, Lord, I got a ton of reasons not to go, but I got one really important reason to go, and that's obedience to what you've called me to. And so help me with my unbelief. <laughs> we all have unbelief. Help me with my unbelief, but help me to be faithful today. And so would you come this morning? Maybe you want to come and pray. Pray for the Woodleys. And what an encouragement are to me and to us as a church, praying for our church as we've been praying for them. So whatever God is doing, would you respond to him? I'm going to pray. And after I pray, I want you to just move. Don't think about anyone else. Don't worry about what someone else is doing. You focus on this time with God. Father, would you draw? Would you encourage Lord, there is a need for our church and for churches all across this country to step up. Lord, what an amazing testimony 
that missionaries are being sent out of the Woodley's ministry. And so, Father, may we send out from our church those that are called. May we respond to you, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you come this morning? Would you come and pray? Ask God to move. Pray for the Woodleys. Pray for what God is doing. Would you respond in this morning as we sing?